Get ready, America. This is Declaring Liberty. Well, it looks like the Democrat clown car primary has another candidate announced. Hi, everybody. This is Mark Pantano, and thank you for joining me here on Declaring Liberty. Looks like Cory Booker has made it official, and he will be seeking the Democrat nomination for president. This uh, Democrat primary is going to be fun to watch. Now, we shouldn't discount any of these nuts that are running on the Democrat side. The truth of the matter is Democrats start with a considerable advantage in the electoral college. They only have to win uh, really just a few states beyond their, their, you know, their base safe blue states in order to achieve the 270 electoral votes needed to win the White House. So I don't discount the seriousness of the threat, no matter who they nominate, really. But that being said, this primary is going to be fun to watch. It really is. Uh, we, we've got so many people who either have announced or are expected to announce, and hardly any of them are sane, to be frank with you. They're crazy. Uh, they're, they, this is... Um, this is really quite an unimpressive collection of halfwits and buffoons who are running in the Democrat primary. And Cory Booker certainly falls squarely into really both camps. Although, it's funny. Um, I got an article here. Uh, this one is, I mean, there's articles everywhere about uh, Cory Spartacus, I'm totally not gay Booker, running for president. Uh, this one's from CNN, and uh, it talks a little bit about his educational background, which I didn't really know anything about. Let's see here. Uh, Booker attended Stanford as a star football recruit, playing for four years, but by his own admission, never breaking through at the college level. Booker's interests were broad, however. He also served as student body president and ran a crisis hotline for students. He would go on to attend Oxford as a Rhodes Scholar and later graduated from Yale Law School. So the guy has impressive academic credentials, obviously Stanford, Oxford, Rhodes Scholar, Yale Law School. It actually came as quite a surprise to me because to hear this guy speak, you would think he maybe has about a 15 IQ. This guy does not, not come across as sharp. And he may very well not be. He may be smart and just sound stupid, or he may in fact be stupid. You can no longer take academic credentials as evidence of intelligence or even of academic accomplishment. All you can take it um, for is evidence that they received a degree. People get into these colleges, even these really highly regarded Ivy League colleges, for all kinds of reasons having absolutely nothing to do with intelligence. And we all know what some of those reasons are. Politics, affirmative action, all this kind of garbage. I'll give you a perfect example. You know who is going to Harvard? Has been just been accepted to Harvard. I guess he's going to start um, in the fall of next year. 
David Camerahog. That's right. That little gun-grabbing, know-nothing punk Parkland uh, student who uh, came to fame by riding uh, the deaths of his fellow students in that terrible tragedy in uh, Marjorie Douglas High School in, in Florida. This little, this little know-nothing spoiled brat who's been on the cover of magazines, um, all kinds of national TV shows. So, um, so unimpressive academically is this kid that he, he got rejected by a whole bunch of just average state schools. But suddenly, somehow, he gets accepted to Harvard. Well, we all know how that happened. He's a little, he's a little celebrity. Um, he's a far left winger and that's how he got in. has absolutely clearly nothing to do with academics, yet this guy's going to Harvard. Now, I don't know why Cory Booker got into Stanford and got into, you know, Oxford and Yale. Maybe, maybe he, like I said, maybe he really is a smart guy and just sounds like a blithering idiot, but I rather doubt it. I rather tend to think that it was for some other reason, but be that as it may, I'm not impressed. I don't care about someone's, um, when you quote someone's academic pedigree to me, I really don't, I really don't care. I am impressed or unimpressed by what people have to say and what they think and how they express themselves um, and that sort of thing. We have a lot of brilliant people who have no college degree and we have a lot of blithering idiots who have academic credentials you know, coming out their backside. So it it doesn't it doesn't impress me. Anyway, so back to uh, <laughs> back to this clown car race inside the Democrat Party. So you got Cory Booker. This guy, this guy, what qualifies him? I mean, he's qualified. He's thirty five. Whatever. But what exactly recommends him to be president? What can this guy point to? in his past, in his background, his track record, that that he could point to and say, hey, look, look what I accomplished here. Look what a great job I did. Or look at, you know, look, look at what I have been a proponent of for so long that the country desperately needs right now. Or anything like that. There's nothing that qualifies this guy. Nothing. By all accounts, he was a, a lousy mayor of Newark, New Jersey. He gets himself elected senator from New Jersey. He's in his first term. Has he been a standout in the Senate? No. I mean, the only way he has made himself stand out is when he's made himself look like a complete ass. Like uh, his Spartacus moment during the Kavanaugh hearings and things like that. The guy's a joke. The guy's a buffoon. He's been. He's not been a leader in the Senate. He's not been a statesman. What? What issue has he led the fight on? Uh, what signature legislation has he gotten passed, or has he pushed, or introduced? What has he done? Nothing. He's done nothing. He's done nothing except try to promote himself so that he can do what he's doing now, and that is run for president. That's what so many of them do. They just seek one office in order to seek the next office. That's why they run. They all have these delusions of grandeur and they all see themselves as president. I'll give you another, a perfect example of that inside the uh, clown car primary. 
And that's this nobody lightweight Julian Castro. I've mentioned this guy before. Um, he was mayor of San Antonio. A completely nothing job because the mayor of San Antonio is just a ceremonial position. It has no power. The mayor of San Antonio is just a city councilman elected at large. He's just another vote on the city council. That's it. And instead of being elected from one small district within the city, he's elected citywide at large. But that that's it. He's just another vote on the city council. The mayor does not run the city of San Antonio. The city of San Antonio has a city manager form of government. So there is a an, a hired professional city manager that runs the day-to-day operations of that city. The mayor does nothing. The mayor doesn't even really get a salary. They get like a couple grand salary. That's it. Because it's not a real position. It's a ceremonial title. You know, he just gives stupid speeches, cuts ribbons at uh, new car dealerships, and that's about it. But then he gets picked because he's young and Latino, and he gets picked by Barack Obama to be HUD secretary because, of course, everything uh, is identity politics, and he wanted an Hispanic in that position, so they went and got little Julian. He had absolutely no credentials to run HUD. And he made an absolute mess of that. So this guy has been running for president uh, since he was in college. He's been groomed by his mother, who is uh, an out-and-out Marxist, far-leftist La Raza person. Absolute racist organization, La Raza. And uh, that's what she's involved with. She's she's a flat-out Marxist communist. And that's what little Julian was uh, brought up in. He, he and his brother Joaquin, who is a uh, congressman from the San Antonio area. And both of these two guys have been groomed for office since a young age. And so Julian has been running for president since he was a kid. But absolute lightweight. But... He's been running his whole life, and, and that's what that's what Cory Booker's doing here. This is not someone who is, has been concerned with doing a good job in these positions that he has held or in getting certain things done. He hasn't run on any sort of issue-based platform. It, it's always just ambition and identity with this guy, as it is for most of these Democrats running. It's just blind ambition and identity. And, you know, every every time one of these people announce that they're running, they, there's, you know, the rest of the Democrat Party and the media, which of course is one and the same, all they really do is focus on the identities of these people. That's like all you, when you read a story about any of these guys or women, it's just all about them, their identity. You know, so Kamala Harris announces and every news story, every article spends most of the time talking about, well, she's a female and she's black. She'd be the first black woman. And, and then Juliano, oh, he's the first Hispanic in the race and he would be the first Hispanic president. And then Cory Booker, of course, everything's about his, uh, his race 
And of course, that's what he's making it about. In, in the very first uh, paragraph of this article, they write this. Booker chose the first day of Black History Month to launch his campaign. Timing that nods to Booker's own heritage and suggests he will put it at the center of his pitch to vote. Well, of course he'll put it at his center of his pitch to voters. And he, he times it with the start of Black History Month. Like we didn't know he was black. We know you're black. These leftists are so big into their ridiculous symbolism, not just their identity politics, but they always got to try to attach themselves to, to something. You can't just announce that you're running for president. You have to time the announcement to something that you can then attach yourself to. So he, he announces on February 1st so he can attach himself to Black History Month. You know what? We don't care. We've already had our first black president. Uh, most Americans got over having the first black president after he was in office for about a week. Nobody cares anymore. Been there, done that. It wasn't that big of a deal. Uh, so... You know, you kind of, you kind of missed the boat there. You're black. We get it. What the hell are you going to do? What do you want to do for the country? But suppose, I guess we're just supposed to vote for him because he's black. And obviously CNN thinks that's a real important part of his candidacy because they lead with that. Booker said, uh, quote, the history of our, oh, and this was a, in some video, I guess, that he, he released today. The history of our nation is defined by collective action. Oh, of course it is. You leftists are big into collectivism. Defined by collective action, by interwoven destinies of slaves and abolitionists, of those born here and those who chose America. As destinies of slaves and abolitionists. I thought that that was also settled. I mean, we're over the black president thing and... I think we've, you know, left slavery way in the past. I don't think our heritage or our, our future is interwoven between the destinies of abolitionists and slaves. Last I checked, there are no more slaves. And um, abolitionists, if there are any abolitionists around, someone should tell them that uh, they kind of succeeded. I mean, where you been? Actually, I don't want to read any more about this guy's announcement. Um, in truth, I couldn't care less. I don't think he's going anywhere because, like I said, he's a buffoon. But then again, you know, he is black. There is some question. I've seen it raised a bunch uh, about whether he is gay. He even addressed this in an interview not long ago, and he said that he wanted to address the rumors and put him to bed, uh, that he is not gay. He said, I am, quote, heterosexual. And that may be, and I really don't care. Um, but if he's not home, uh, heterosexual and he is, in fact, gay, that may be something that he could roll out later in the campaign if his campaign is floundering, because that certainly will boost him. Then he'll, he'll be black and gay, so that should catapult him towards the front of the pack, because those are you know, two really important things to be if you're running for president on the Democrat side. They don't care so much about issues uh, because they pretty much are all carbon copies of each other on the left. Uh, they all pretty much have the same positions on just about everything. Um, so what separates them 
is their identities and then, you know, to some extent their personalities, I guess. But they're all carbon copies on the issues. But I don't expect Cory Booker to take off. But but what he has going for him, besides his identity as a black man, is that uh, all the other candidates suck. So if there were any other good candidates, then uh, Cory Booker would have a much more difficult time. But given that they're all pretty lame, he might have a shot. He might have a shot. I really can't think of any candidates that are particularly compelling. Now, say what you want about Barack Obama. Um, he did have sort of a, at times, charismatic personality. A lot of that was all just media creation. But he did. Uh, I could see why his personality or the, the way he carried himself could uh, be appealing to, to people on the left. Um, but I don't see anyone on the Democrat side who has any sort of charisma. Uh, the only person I would say is actually Bernie Sanders, just because he's like a caricature of a person. So he's 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 kind of this cartoonish kind of figure. So he's he's got he's got sort of that quirky cartoonish thing going for him, which might be compelling to some people. I don't know. Um, certainly not me, but some people on the left I could see it, but. Other than that, I don't see anybody really on the Democrat side who has sort of a any sort of personality that would draw people in. Kamala Harris is robotic and cliched. You know, she's she's not a dynamic personality. She's certainly far left, um, which is appealing to people on the left. But then again, they're all far left, so that doesn't really stand you out too much. She's a, a black woman. So she's got that going for her. But other than that, I mean, in terms of a, an electric personality, she certainly doesn't have that. Who else? Um, oh, you got Hillary. She's out there talking about running again. And Hillary, I know you're not listening, but I'm sending my vibes out to you. Please run. Please. Don't tease us like this. But nobody likes Hillary. Even Democrats don't like Hillary. Uh, and that's in large part why she lost last time. A lot of Democrats uh, didn't even show up to vote for her. Then you have Hillary Jr., uh, Elizabeth Warren. I mean, come on. She's just an embarrassment. You know, the fake Indian, then she comes out, and I have DNA tests, and then... That falls flat and everybody's making fun of her. Then she comes out and she's drinking a beer on video in the kitchen thanking her husband for being there. The woman's a joke. She's a joke. N nobody likes her. She doesn't jazz anybody up. So, you know, she's not going to light people on fire. Who else you got in the top tier? Or who we're told is in the top tier? Uh, Joe Biden. He's out there. He might run. Joe... <laughs> Joe, on paper, makes a good candidate, despite his age. But Joe's Joe's Joe. Gropey Joe is a walking, talking gaff machine. That guy cannot open his mouth without sticking his foot in it. He just can't help himself. So, I don't see him... To, and plus, he's such a panderer. He's such a panderer. And he's such an obvious panderer. So... If he if he runs, 
the um, the myth of Joe Biden is going to be exposed, and I don't see him catching on like wildfire either. Then you have old Beto Robert Francis O'Rourke. This guy, he's a beta male if ever there was one. He's just going to, but he does, that does appeal to a lot of Democrats, I got to say. The beta male thing, the uh, I'm just going to emote and talk about my feelings. I'm going to go on YouTube or on Facebook Live and let you into every aspect of my life. I'm going to watch you get my teeth cleaned at the dentist. I just hope he doesn't do a Facebook Live from the bathroom because that I couldn't handle. But he does, you know, he emotes all over the place and he wrings his hands and just talks about his feelings. And eh. so that might that might be a little bit appealing to people. But an empty, a, a more empty suit you could not come up with. I mean, this guy was. I think just a three-term congressman. He's no longer even in Congress. He's known for absolutely nothing. What can you name that Beto O'Rourke ever did besides almost win a race in Texas? That's it. That's it. And because the Democrat Party has been making inroads in the state of Texas and public polling showed that that um, Ted Cruz was uh, going to have a difficult time being reelected, Media, uh, the media jumped all over Beto and tried to promote him. And they would have jumped over any Democrat who was running against Ted Cruz last year. But it just happened to be Beto. So he got all this free press and media adulation. And so the myth of Beto was born. And he rides his skateboard in the, the leftist swoon. So maybe he'll ride his skateboard into the Oval Office. You never know. But so he's the only one who even approaches any sort of charisma on the Democrat side. Then you just have a whole bunch of nobodies coming out of the clown car. You got Sherrod Brown. He's out there talking about running. He hasn't officially announced yet, but I call him the doofus senator from Ohio. He just has doofus written all over him. But I, so he's 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 a nobody. He's not going nowhere. Then you have Tulsi Gabbard, please. Kirsten Gillibrand. Now this woman is every bit as dumb as she appears. She she just has to be. There is no way that someone can appear that stupid and not actually be that stupid. I so I just can't I can't believe that's an act. Uh, Kirsten Gillibrand. <laughs> I would love for her to get the nomination. That would be great. And I I hope she gets enough financial backing that she can stay in the race for a while because she would be just the gift that keeps on giving for political commentators like me because she's just so absurd uh who else we have jay inslee yeah i don't really know who he is either he's i think he's a governor somewhere who cares he's not going anywhere andrew yang apparently this guy is like an entrepreneur of some type and I guess wealthy. I have no idea. I know he's running for president, but I really couldn't tell you anything about him. John Delaney. This is a congressman from, I think, Maryland. Uh, yeah, he's he's going to catch on fire. John Delaney. Who else we've got? Uh, Pete Buttigieg. But what the hell is a Pete Buttigieg? He's, this is the guy who is 
like mayor somewhere in Indiana. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna light it up. So that's that's about it. I might be missing one or two losers, and there'll be a, a whole bunch more losers jumping in in the near future. I am sure, but. This is going to be fun. I am looking forward to it. So the more, the better. Can you imagine these debates? They're going to have to split these debates up. They're going to have to do like they did with the Republicans, where they had the uh, the adult table debates and then they had the kitty table debates. They're going to have to do that. So you'll have, if all of these people run, you'll probably have like Robert Francis Beto, You'll have uh, probably Elizabeth Warren, Hillary if she runs, Joe Biden, Bernie, who else? I don't know. That's probably about it. And then you'll have the rest of them at the kitty table. So I can't. I look forward to that. That'll be fun. The only people running on the left who seem the least bit sane uh, is Michael Bloomberg. Now, Michael Bloomberg. This is the guy who banned big gulp sodas and things, you know, he, he's just, he wants nanny state government. He, he's a leftist, make no mistake, but he tends to be a little more reasonable in his leftism. And he recently came out and talked about how some of this stuff is just ridiculous, like the, the green new deal and some things like that. And, uh, so he's, he has, he's a little bit, a little bit, just a little bit more pragmatic in his leftism than the rest of these unhinged lunatics. And and he's making every indication that he's going to run. And then, of course, he's a billionaire. So that makes you serious candidate just right off the bat. So I don't know how he will catch on in the Democrat Party. And my, my understanding is that if he runs, he is going to run in the Democrat primary. The other person on the left who's out there is another billionaire, Howard Schultz. You know, this guy, he was on 60 Minutes last weekend. I'm sure you've heard about it. And he's toying with the idea of running as an independent. At least now he says he wouldn't run as a Democrat. He would run as an independent, which would just be perfect. That would be great. You know, Ross Perot, the billionaire, ran in 1992 and he's the one who uh, is largely largely responsible for bringing us Bill Clinton. If if Perot wasn't in that race, George H. W. Bush more than likely would have been reelected in 1992. But he he got 19% of the vote and and uh, enabled Clinton to sneak in there. So it would be nice if a third party candidate would uh, steal votes from the left this time. So that would be great. I I would. I'm smacking my lips at the idea of Howard Schultz running as an independent in the general election. But he's another one on the left who isn't completely whacked out. Now, he is a far leftist. Make no mistake. He's probably further left than Michael Bloomberg. But he does have a bit of pragmatism uh, informing his leftism as well. And he's under fire, of course, because... He's toying with the idea of running as an independent. So the the left has to destroy him because they know they're not completely stupid. They know that if he runs as an independent, he's going to siphon off more more votes from the Democrat candidate than he would from the Republican candidate. So they've got to destroy him. Um, But they're they're so lame in their attempts to destroy. They're using the same tactics on him that they use on everybody um, who is rich, and that's attacking him for being rich. And 
you know, he's he he's living the American dream, really. He he started with nothing and he built up Starbucks and now is a billionaire. And so say what you want about the guy. He is accomplished and uh he, he's pushing back against this, you know, these attacks on him for being a billionaire. And he came out against you know, some of the things like Elizabeth Warren is pushing, I think, uh, her wealth tax or, you know, and, and these other ones taxing the rich at 70 and 90 percent and things like that. So he's he's pushing back against that a little bit. So he's, he's a little bit pragmatic. But those really, in terms of policy positions, are the only two that aren't completely unhinged. Every other one of these, Beto, Elizabeth Warren, Hillary, Joe Biden, Sherrod Brown, to all of them. All of them. The whole the whole list of clown car candidates, they all have pretty much identical positions. And their entire strategy is going to be twofold. Play up your minority status to the extent you have one. If you're, uh, Or if you're a woman or if you're gay. Um, this Pete Buttigieg guy, I believe, is gay. So I'm sure he'll play that up. If you're black, play that up. If you're Asian, play that up. Um, that kind of thing. So they'll play up their identity and then on policy, they will just be rushing, 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 rushing further and further left, trying to outdo each other. So that's what they're going to be doing, playing up their, their identity and trying to outdo each other with their leftism. And that to me just makes for a whole lot of entertainment. So I can't wait. Now, what did I want to talk about? Oh, yeah. Back to Cory Booker. So what is Cory? Because today's Cory Booker's big day. It's, it's February 1st. It's the start of Black History Month. So this is we have to celebrate. This is his big day. So we have to give him a little more attention to, than the rest of them today. And so what is what is uh, Cory Booker accomplished? As we said, nothing. But what is he known for? Well, he's known for his ridiculous antics during the uh, Brett Kavanaugh confirmation hearings and his Spartacus moment and um, basically his attempt to do what all the other Democrats on the committee were doing, and that is destroy the life of an innocent person, Brett Kavanaugh. I don't believe that there was anything to the allegations against him. None of them. I think they were all concocted. I think that is one of the most despicable travesties in political history. That was what was done to Brett Kavanaugh should have offended everyone, everyone. But of course it, it doesn't. And the left is all for destroying people. If, you know, if it's all in the name of politics, then uh, it doesn't matter if you destroy someone's life. And they all knew that these were bogus charges. I'm convinced they all knew it. Certainly, the senators knew it. Now, a lot of these laving, raving lunatics uh, just who make up the Democrat base, you know, probably a lot of them believed it because they're insane. But I'm, I know that these senators knew that these allegations were bogus, but it doesn't matter. And Cory Booker was uh, leading the effort, was one of the leaders in the effort to smear Judge Kavanaugh and destroy his life and his reputation. That's about all that the guy is known for. Now, speaking of Christine Blasey Ford, she is in the news today, as a matter of fact. I have an article here. Christine Blasey Ford 
Is it Blazy or Blasey? I don't know. It comes out of my mouth one way and the other way, just depending. And I don't even know depending upon what. Just sometimes it comes out one way and sometimes it comes out the other. Christine Blasey Blasey Ford nominated for prestigious Profile and Courage Award. Democrat Congresswoman Jackie Speer, Spire is nominating Dr. Christine Blasey Ford, the woman who accused then-Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh of high school sexual assault for the John F. Kennedy Profile and Courage Award. The award, which recognizes acts of politically courageous leadership, is usually reserved for public officials and politicians. Speer Spire announced her nomination of Ford for the award on Twitter. She wrote, this is, this is what she wrote in her tweet. Nominating Dr. Christine Blasey Blasey Ford, a true American hero who sacrificed so much to do what was right for our country and for the pursuit of truth and justice for this year's Profile and Courage Award at the JFK Library. She is an inspiration to us all. This is disgusting. I mean, it just... Christine Blasey Blasey Ford. Not only should she not be nominated for any award, she should be rotting inside of a federal prison. I am absolutely 100% convinced, with no doubt, that Christine Blasey Blasey Ford is a liar. She intentionally, deliberately, and with malice lied under oath in front of the entire country to destroy the life and reputation of Judge Kavanaugh. None of this was true. None of it was ever true. And she knows none of it was true. Yet she did it. She is a, a, a disgusting despicable human being to do that to to destroy someone like that for, we don't do that kind of thing you know we on the right don't do that kind of thing and it's hard for us to imagine someone else doing that but the left does this kind of thing Look what they did to those innocent Covington kids. They tried to destroy teenagers. Why? Because they were wearing a MAGA hat. And they were at a pro-life rally. And the left had absolutely no problem with destroying those kids. So, a Republican Supreme Court nominee? Oh, yeah, yeah. There's, they got no problem destroying that person. And... If Christine Blasey Blasey Ford was lying, which I am thoroughly convinced that she was, then she is a despicable, disgusting human being. She shouldn't be getting any award. The only thing she should be getting is three meals a day and a half an hour in the prison yard for exercise. That's it. That's all this woman should be getting. She should be serving 20 years in prison for lying under oath for obstructing a congressional committee and for attempting to destroy this man with false allegations of attempted rape. Disgusting human being.
and now, uh, you know, quite wealthy from the lies that she told. Wasn't there like a GoFundMe campaign or multiple GoFundMe campaigns to raise money for this lying wretch of a human being? If memory serves, and I could be wrong, it was like over a million dollars. And so now she's got all this money. And I am sure that there's a book deal in the works for her. And perhaps a movie. Oh yeah, she's going she's gonna to do real well financially off of these lies. And she should be prosecuted, not enriched. But that's America in 2019. And Democrats, the left... They profit handsomely from lying and committing perjury and destroying the lives of their political opponents. That's just how it is. Now, moving on from the clown car primary, I would like to briefly discuss another clown, and that is Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Actually, before I do that, I want to remind you all about uh, subscribing to the podcast. Right now, you can do that for free on several platforms. We're up on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. We are on TuneIn. You can subscribe by email. You can subscribe um, just with the RSS feed. You can subscribe on your Android device. uh, Spotify is going to be soon. We're not up there yet, but uh, pretty soon we're in the approval process. And there's going to be a bunch of others, but those uh, are the platforms you can subscribe for free on now. Also, uh, I've got my YouTube channel set up, and I'm going to start posting videos to YouTube. There's one up there now, which was uh, a, just a clip from the last podcast where I talked about healthcare and what healthcare rationing could really lead to, and that is rationing based on your political opinions. Yes, that will happen. Um, So I've got that up there, and I'm going to be doing uh, other videos. So if you do YouTube at all, please subscribe to my channel. Just look for Mark Pantano. And if you go to subscribe to the podcast in these various platforms, just put in uh, Declaring Liberty, and you should find me. Oh, also, if you subscribe on iTunes... I would appreciate it greatly if you enjoy the podcast, if you would leave a review over there and give me a positive rating. I would appreciate that immensely. If you do not like the show, you can just keep that to yourself, and that would just be fantastic. Also, if you want additional content, you can subscribe over at patreon.com slash Pantano. And you can sign up for additional content, videos, articles, bonus episodes of the podcast. You can also use Patreon to help support the show financially. Uh, I can't do this without you. And without your support, the show will go away. And if we have enough supporters, the show will continue. So anything you can do to help the show would be greatly appreciated. And you can also do that on PayPal if you don't want to use Patreon. And all this information about the subscribing, uh, the additional content, um, supporting the show financially, you can find all this information over at DeclaringLiberty.com where you can also sign up for posts from the website and you will get emailed 
every time a new episode comes out or I otherwise post to the website, you will get an email alerting you of that. So that's also a great thing to do. Now, on to AOC, the airhead of the Congress. This woman, I, um, I'm enjoying her immensely. I know a lot of people are scared of her. Look, you don't need to be scared of this woman. The problem is not this woman. Okay, The problem is the Democrat Party. If it wasn't this woman, it would be some other idiot Marxist that they'd all get behind and celebrate. The good thing, at least with her, is she's a blithering idiot. This is a colossally stupid person. So if we're going to have a out-and-out Marxist who is supported by large numbers of sheep-like Democrats, then it would at least be beneficial to us if that person was a blithering idiot. And she is. And what's great about her, from my point of view, is that she's so arrogant in her stupidity. She thinks she's brilliant. I mean, she really, really does. You gotta follow her on Twitter if you're on Twitter because she can't stay off of Twitter and her tweets are just priceless. She, she writes things where she thinks it's just some, some pearl of wisdom and it's just chock full of errors. It's, it's, it's usually just completely wrong on its face and uh, she's just a fool. She is just a fool of the highest order. And so I'm having a great time um, just watching her. But look, that doesn't mean that I don't take her seriously in terms of someone who could be successful on the Democrat side. She can be. But that's not so much a reflection of her as it is a reflection of what the Democrat Party has become. She did not transform this party into this radical left-wing party. She is a result of the radical left-wing transformation that this party has undergone over the last couple of years. She is the beneficiary of it. She didn't create it. And she is, um, well, she's causing problems over there on the left. Not everyone is happy that she has all this newfound stardom on the left. And a lot of Democrats in the leadership particularly don't like her. I have an article here from Breitbart where they're, uh, they're actually reporting from, um, the original reporting was done by The Hill. But this Breitbart article is titled, Furious Democrats Plot to Make Ocasio-Cortez a One-Term Congressperson. A report from The Hill released on Tuesday suggested that several Democrats have considered if they want to primary Representative Ocasio-Cortez, a, pro a progressive freshman Democrat and a rising figure in Democrat circles. Reportedly, at least one House Democrat has urged the New York delegation to recruit a local politician from either the Bronx or Queens to challenge the progressive Democrat. What I have recommended to the New York delegation is that you find her a primary opponent and make her a one-term congressperson, the Democrat congressman said anonymously to the Hill. You've got numerous council people and state legislators who've been waiting 20 years for that seat. I'm sure they can find numerous people who would want that seat in that district, the, law, the lawmaker added. So, you've got a lot of people in leadership 
and probably a lot more just regular Congress people who uh, don't like Ocasio-Cortez for a couple of reasons. One of the reasons is she didn't wait her turn. What this guy is referring to where he's saying that there's a lot of state legislators and other people in the district who've been waiting for 20 years for this seat. See, Ocasio-Cortez obviously was not supposed to win. She primaried a longtime Democrat rep in her district. And that idiot didn't take the race seriously. He didn't really campaign. And he should have because that district has been changing demographically and it is now heavily Hispanic and heavily stupid. Not because they're Hispanic, just because they're leftists and stupidity goes hand in glove with being a leftist. So you have it heavily minority, heavily stupid. And uh, this, this white guy barely campaigned at all. And so this upstart little know-nothing bartender, she's the right ethnicity And she got out there and knocked on the doors and she campaigned. And she managed to knock this guy off in the primary. And just to show you how this guy did nothing to get out the vote, she won with only 16,000 votes. I mean, nobody even showed up to vote. That's like nothing turnout. Uh, She managed to win because she was the only one campaigning. And this guy just thought she had no chance and so he did nothing. And so now this woman leapfrogged over all these other people who had been waiting their turn. All these city council people and state legislators, they didn't run in the primary because this other guy was supposed to win and they were just biding their time waiting for him to retire and then they all would have jumped in and had a big primary to try to replace this guy. But it was just Ocasio-Cortez and this one guy because, you know, she she wasn't part of the... Uh, part of the network of Democrats and she didn't wait her turn and wait till this guy because you you got to understand how you play the game on that side you wait your turn you don't pri- well this is this is true in party politics generally you don't primary a sitting member of your own party you gotta wait until they retire once once they're elected they're entitled to the Republican or the Democrat nomination until they decide they don't want to do it anymore and then when they retire or get defeated, then, then you can run for office. Ocasio-Cortez didn't get the memo. So she ran and she knocks off this guy. And that pissed off a lot of people who were waiting their turn. And two other things annoy a lot of people on the Democrat side. One is uh, what annoys them is what we find so delicious and that is she is so outspoken and arrogant and buffoonish the things that make her a laughing stock to all of us and i know a lot of you take her very seriously and you're very worried and again i don't downplay it but the things that make her such a buffoon are also the things that cause a lot of embarrassment over on that side yes they may agree with her on all her progressive garbage But they know she's an idiot. I mean, they hear her talk and she's just stupid and she makes an ass out of herself and she makes the other side look bad. And so that's one part of it. But the most important reason that they hate her or that many of them do is that she 
is now this kind of kind of this de facto leader of these upstart young Marxists on the Democrat side. And she actually has been talking openly about primarying some of these old dog, long in the tooth, been there for 30 years, entrenched establishment Democrats. She wants to primary some of these people and replace them with upstart, young, idealistic, stupid Marxists like her. And that isn't sitting well. You don't talk about primarying other sitting members of Congress. So once she started doing that, that's when some of these people got behind closed doors and said, hey, we got a problem. We got to take this woman out. And uh, this guy... This guy leaked anonymously that that's what they're talking about. I find that just simply wonderful. And uh, I would love to see a circular firing squad, you know, that the Democrats form. And then you got your old long-in-the-tooth establishment leftists and you got your upstart firebrand idiot leftist Democrats, the Ocasio-Cortezes, this, this uh, you know, this MFR, impeach the MFR chick uh, from wherever she's from the whacked out leftist from minnesota all of these people so that'll that'll be fun you know i i predicted this back in december i wrote that i expected at some point the democrat leadership would turn on ocasio cortez and they would start talking about uh, getting rid of her i didn't expect it to happen quite so fast but then again, I think I underestimated her arrogance and her brazenness. And so I didn't think she'd be quite the ridiculous, buffoonish spectacle that she has become. And I didn't expect her to start talking about primarying members of her own party. So, uh, But I'm not surprised to see them turning on her. I'm just a little surprised that it happened so soon. But I will watch this with great anticipation i would love very much for her to be defeated um she is obviously a problem for us she is young she is attractive and she speaks in a way that a lot of people of her generation have been accustomed to being spoken to she talks just like your vapid left-wing professors talk she has been programmed well she repeats in the in the same speak the cliches that passes for intellectualism on college campuses today and and so when she speaks this way when she talks of mark her marxist progressive ideology in the way that she does this rings true to all these millennials who heard the exact type of of crap from their college professors. And so they think it's brilliance. You know, these college kids, they go to college and they, they a lot of them, they just view their professors as, you know, something just shy of a deity. These people are all knowing. They're so smart. Everything they say is just true. And so when they hear Ocasio-Cortez talking the same sort of speak that these, you know, these demigod professors spoke with they're impressed by it they're impressed by it and uh so she is she is a problem 
and uh, I'm enjoying her buffoonery right now, but I would very much like it if uh, she was uh, taken out by the Democrat Party. That would just be fun to watch. Now, I wanted to uh, discuss one more thing before I call it quits here today, and that is what would happen politically if Democrats are successful in taking back the White House and getting the Congress and then implementing all of this socialism that they are proposing. All this extended welfare of one form or another. What would, what would happen politically at that point? Because it would be a disaster. There's no question but that it would be a disaster. Taking over the healthcare system would destroy the healthcare system. Expanding all these welfare programs, implementing a Green New Deal, doing college for all for free, all of this stuff. It would be an absolute disaster. It would, it would destroy the economy. Uh, it would just be horrible all around. And so... Many people think on our side, well, you know, the good thing about that is if, if they did that, then finally people would be able to see what really happens when Democrats implement those things that they talk about. They could see what a horrible disaster it is, and they will all then flock back to the Republican Party and will be able to repeal, it, repeal all of that stuff, and then they will suddenly see the virtue in a free market economy and freedom and individual liberty and then suddenly you know there'll be such a swing back to the right that the republicans would come storming back and it would just be you know it would be great politically be short term pain for the country but ultimately it would correct itself and it would be uh, it would be ultimately long term a good thing i don't see it that way at all i think that if Democrats are able to implement these things, that would spell the end, for all intents and purposes, of the Republican Party as a national party, and it would doom the country to failure. It really would. And I don't see a swing back to the Republican Party coming at that point. And the reason being is that once they implement all those things, then we will greatly expand the number of people in this country who are getting freebies from the federal government in one form or another. If Democrats get their way, then everyone will be on a government health care program. Everyone will have, quote-unquote, health care. They won't necessarily have the care. They will be theoretically covered to where when they do get the care, they don't have to pay for it. The government pays for it. And that is attractive to people. Even if they're getting crap care, that's they have health insurance. They have health care. They don't have to worry about it. If they're on welfare, they may just be getting you know, a pittance. They might just barely be getting by and all that. But it doesn't matter. They're, they're getting their checks. If they are a college student, they're getting their free college. Well, they're, they're getting free college. And so... Everybody at some point will 
be getting handouts from the federal government in some shape or form. And what history has shown is that once people start getting a handout of whatever kind from the federal government, they don't ever vote for people who would take that away. And they might be living in poverty. They might just be getting just a, a, a pittance of money. They barely scrape by. They live in a shithole. But it doesn't matter. History has shown that people would take living in just shit circumstances as long as they're being taken care of. Then uh, they would rather that than, than go out and, and take a chance and earn and work hard. Most people... Once they start living off the public dole, they don't want to get off it. Even if their lives suck, they don't want to give up the freebies they got. And so, yeah, it might be destroying the country, but if people are getting handouts of all different kinds, they are not going to vote for the people who would take away those handouts. They just aren't. That's what the history tells us. And so I don't see a silver lining to the Democrats pulling us hard to the left and implementing all this stuff. I see it as the death knell for the Republican Party and for the country. Now, there might be some sort of course correction once the country ultimately, you know, the, the, the economy crashes and our political system you know, just implodes under the sheer weight of the catastrophe, at that point, we might have some sort of political realignment. I mean, who knows? Our collapse at that point will be so great and so thorough uh, that I don't, at this point, uh, I can't make a prediction as to what is going to come after that. But until then, until we just ultimately crash and implode. If the Democrats are successful in implementing their grand socialist vision, I don't see the people waking up and uh, as things start collapsing and, and start voting for Republicans. Because the only way to dig ourselves out of the hole at that point is to take away those freebies and start getting back to constitutional government. Well, people who are getting freebies don't want to hear anything about that. They don't want to hear, let's rein in the spending. They don't want to hear, cut the program. They don't want to hear, let's go back to private health insurance. Um, they don't want to hear any of that. None of it. They're getting theirs. They're getting their freebies. They're getting their handouts. As pathetic as, as they, those might be, they're getting them, and they don't want to give them up. And until it completely crashes and then we can try to rebuild something in the aftermath, they're, they're not going to come back to the Republican Party. That's what I think. So we need to fight the implementation of this stuff. We need to fight the left as hard and on any every front that we can. We cannot cede any of these battles to the left. We must fight them tooth and nail until we can't fight anymore. And hopefully the fight ends in our victory. But whatever the ultimate outcome, we must fight them with everything we got on every front that we can. Those are my thoughts. 
And that's where I will leave it. And I thank you all for joining me once again. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. And if you do, please help spread the word and recommend the podcast to other people. Go ahead and subscribe if you haven't done so already so you don't miss a single episode. And uh, I appreciate you. And have a good weekend. And we'll see you back here next time. And until then, remember, continue to fight the left like your freedom depends on it. Because it does.